The Smoke Show is sponsored in part by HODL Services. If you're looking for a disc jockey, karaoke host, to videographer, our company can help. With over 17 years of experience, we would be happy to assist with your special event. You can contact us at 226-988-2895 or visit us at our website at hodlservices.vpweb.ca. That's H-O-D-D-L-E, Services. We look forward to hearing from you and helping with your special event. Turn it up and up and up. We want it louder. Up and up and up. Turn it up and up and up. We want it louder. Up and up and up. We're gonna get the music rocking. Gonna get the body jumping. Wanna get the party popping round there. We're gonna get the wall shaking with the noise we will be making. Gonna get the party popping round there. Welcome everybody to episode whatever, season two. I don't know if I'm going to make it your jury. <laughs> intro. Welcome to the smoke show, everybody. <laughs> I'm Ryan Drury, and that is a dejected and sad dart guy, Mr. Jason Maslico. What is going on over there, buddy? I have never seen you this lacking of energy. I, I, I don't know, man. I, uh, if it wasn't for the fact that we have two absolutely amazing beauty guests coming on, uh, Sarah and David Ayers, uh, there'd be no smoke show tonight. I am, I am so not feeling good. Oh, I went no. and got my, uh, I went and got my first, uh, uh, Q-tip up the nose for the COVID test today. Mm. <laughs> I'm, uh, yeah, I'm struggling, buddy. That's tough, dude. So like, have you been feeling sick all weekend or, I mean, did this hit you today? Or no, I just, 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 woke, just woke up today and was like, had a little bit of the sweats and felt like I was going to toss my cookies and I, I don't, I don't puke like ever, like ever. <laughs> so it, it was a little bit of a struggle. Went home, went home from work a little early today and had a nap, went, got my, my, my COVID test, even though, uh, uh, the symptoms I have are not COVID really related symptoms, but uh, I figured better safe than sorry. Uh, make sure my coworkers knew that I was looking out for them. And uh, yeah. Yes. That's the responsible thing to do, sir. Well, I hope this passes for you. I mean, what did you eat, man? Did you, do you think that you got some indigestion or something? What's going on <laughs> over there at the dark? Yeah, cave? I, I don't know, but I'll, I'll figure it out and I'm going to power through because in the end, uh, it is another amazing episode of the smoke show here on the FHN network Leafs sitting in first place overall might as well dive right into, right into our buds. Uh, got a big, another big matchup coming up against the Oilers tonight. Uh, doesn't look like Jack Campbell's going to be available and neither's, uh, neither's Freddie Anderson. it looks like we're going to have Michael Hutchinson starting with Je- uh, Joseph Wall backing him up. That's a little interesting. Yeah, I I mean, I don't know if interesting is the word I would use. I think sensible would be the thing I would say. I mean, Jack was obviously very good, and it was great to see his teammates gather around him after a 4 nothing shutout of McJesus and the boys the other night. Uh, you could really tell that, um, you know, they really care about him. And, and I mean, honestly... 
I've watched the Leafs for my whole life. I've watched them for a very long time, even though I'm not a diehard fan like you are of the team. They're kind of hard to ignore. And it has been a long, long time since I've seen a team that seems to have the cohesion and, you know, closeness, I'll say, that this team does. They've really started to develop um, a special bond that's what it looks like on the ice. And I think that they could be in for some pretty incredible things here as they continue to show that they are becoming more consistent. They are able to play defense. They are able to help their goaltender out. But it was Jack Campbell's first game in a long time. I think it makes sense to continue to get, you know, kind of give him a bit of rest after an effort in which he wasn't terribly busy. He had two or three really high danger saves that he had to make in that game. You're, you're going to get those with Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl in the lineup. But yeah, I think it makes sense. I think tonight, you know, if they play the way they did um, coming up tonight at 10 o'clock as we air this on Monday, March 1st, feels weird to say that it's March. Um, if they play the same way, Hutch isn't going to have to do much and they can easily win the game and extend their lead once again over the division. Um, and Freddie, I mean, uh, he was cleared to practice. Um, most of the fantasy sites of which I own two of him on said that he was going to be cleared today and potentially be on the bench. I'm kind of glad he's not don't force this guy back. Uh, in my opinion, they're just being responsible with their goaltending core and they have such a, a, a I don't want to say comfortable lead, but sizable enough lead that they felt comfortable enough to throw Hutch in, who in spot duty this year has been pretty okay. Having said that, he's not been called into extreme goaltending duty, if you will. But I think the Leafs could, of course, easily win tonight. If they lose, I wouldn't shed tears over it because they're playing so, so well. And like I said, that camaraderie that this team is starting to really show on the ice um, is something to really behold, unlike what's going on in a place like Buffalo, New York. Well, I got to say, I was a little disappointed after the uh, Leafs shut out Edmonton the other night. Um, it's, it's funny because I, I, every once in a while I'll throw a tweet out and, and somebody takes it as a troll job and it just goes bananas. And, and I, I was waiting. I had, I had my tweet all lined up just to troll the Edmonton fan base a little bit and said, you know what? Matthews is so much better than McDavid. He doesn't even have to dress to beat Edmonton. He just needs to be in the building. And, and to, my, to my dismay, the Oilers fans didn't pile on. I don't know if they were shedding tears or, or they saw the bait coming a mile away. But, uh, yeah, I, I tried to have a little bit of fun with that, and it didn't take off. But, you know, very much to what you're saying, um, something very different about this Leafs team uh, in, in recent weeks that we haven't seen in years past. And, and that's, like you said, a, a little more camaraderie. Uh, it seems to me that uh, guys are, are, are playing a lot more for each other and for the crest on the front than the name on the back. And, and even, for, even for the last, say, game or so, uh, I'll, I'll include Willie in that because even when when Willie got his uh, game tying and overtime goal the other night, uh, and people were saying, you know, all, all the Nylander haters are eating crow, he really didn't have a great game. He he had two good shifts. Um, he was a little more noticeable, a little more involved the next game afterwards. So uh, I'll, I'll even throw his name in there. But uh, 
you're seeing a buy-in to playing a certain style of hockey that you haven't seen before. You're seeing a team that's, that's committed to being a hard team to play against defensively and not just resting on their laurels of being a high-powered offense. And when you start to have that with a team like Toronto, who can put up five, six goals, seven goals on you real quickly, uh, suddenly you have a team that's entering the discussion of, are, are they ready to make, t- take that next step? Are they contenders? Um, from everything we've seen so far this year, it'd be pretty hard to argue against that. And, you know, going back to Jack Campbell, uh, I had seen a little bit that they were talking that they were maybe just trying to ease him in and they didn't want to push him too hard coming right back from injury. And, and that seemed to make a lot of sense, but you have to think that there's, there's obviously still something bothering him a little bit. He's still a little sore, whether it's a lingering effect from the original injury he was sidelined with, or, or perhaps a, a side effect of that little, uh, uh, the, the contact that was made with him there, he took a, what looked like a little bit of a shot to the side of the head and there, his head kind of flung back, maybe a little whiplash or something, but hopefully he's good. But, uh, you know, people forget that Jack Campbell was a first round pick of the Dallas stars. Like people forget that Jack Campbell had the pedigree and the potential to be a number one goaltender in this league. And uh, unfortunately for him, it seems he seemed to fall into that stereotypical, uh, ideal that that goalies don't develop until later in their careers and uh, well benefit to the Toronto Maple Leafs because we do finally have you know some depth between depth between the pipes there would have been years past where you know Freddie going down uh, would have would have been you know would have brought on mass hysteria but uh, Campbell Campbell's been good and and as has Hutch when called upon so uh, I see no reason why the Leafs can't go out and and beat Edmonton again I don't think you're going to see a back-to-back shutout of, of Dreisaitl McDavid and company but uh, I'm expecting a big win out of the Leafs tonight yeah and you should I mean that's kind of the territory this team is in now whether like you said they can show this spring with a quote-unquote easier path to a potential conference final however you want to spell it out whether they can show us that they're ready to take that next step or not you can now expect them to win a large majority of the games that they play, particularly this weird year we're in where you see the same, well, for them, six opponents uh, every single night, right? So, or or spread across every single night. So, yeah, I, I think that, you know, and the thing with, you bring up Jack Campbell too, and of course, you know, we didn't, you briefly touched on Austin Matthews not being in the lineup. He's a game time decision today. I haven't seen an update on whether he will play or not. If I see something, my eyes always on Twitter here. If I see something, we'll mention it during the show, whether he's going to play or not, Uh, whether he plays or not though, they can still win. They're still a good enough team to win without him. You prefer him in there, but you bring up Jack Campbell and yeah, it's an interesting case study, right? And you've seen this all through at NHL history. Goaltending is much like, quarterback in the NFL point guard in the NBA, whatever you want to call it uh, pitching in baseball. It's such a hard position to scout because guys can look really, really dominant in junior, much like scores can, but with goalies, it's just so much different, especially European goalies where they're playing against men. A lot of the time, you don't really know how to quite gauge the level of competition, even though they're playing against men. Um, when you see guys the likes of 
look over the years, Ilya Samsonov, uh, obviously Andre Vasilevsky, who proved he he was ready at a much younger age than average, that 25-26 threshold, which he is now, to play and be a dominant goalie earlier, which he has been for a couple of years. Connor Hellebuck, same thing. But for every one of those two guys, there's 10, 15 guys that were drafted pretty rare still in the first round, but second round and beyond that just don't end up panning out, even though they looked dominant. Right. And then every now and again, you get guys that pop up in the fourth, fifth, sixth round, like Braden Holtby, you know, comes to mind obviously, or, or even most recently second round pick Vitek Vanacek, who's been great for my capitals. Every now and again, you get one of these guys that no one really paid a ton of attention to because they didn't play on a, a sexy team or have a sexy world junior performance that comes out of nowhere and have toiled in the AHL for a while. And all of a sudden there they are in the NHL playing really well. Jack Campbell. I think, I think everything just kind of, <sighs> It's hard to say. I'm not Jack Campbell. I'm not in his head. He was an 11th overall pick. That's a high pick for a goaltender Um, in 2011 by the Dallas Stars. And he was a dynamite World Juniors player. He was on that team when John Carlson scored in overtime against Canada. Uh, He was dominant at that tournament. He had shouts for tournament MVP. He was that good. Um, But that was in junior. And then when you step in, and I believe he played in the NCAA. uh, No, he didn't play in the NCAA because he came to the OHL. That's not true at all. He he's one of those guys that, you know, like I said, I'm not an expert in goal. Scouting goaltenders is probably the hardest thing to do in hockey. He looked like a guy that was going to be a Dallas star for 15 years, take over for Marty Turco and become a dominant player. That just didn't work out for him. He got into pro hockey. He started facing pro shooters. Couldn't hack it out at the start of his career. Even at the AHL level, he he struggled mightily. Ended up going to LA, resurrecting his career there as a backup. And now the Toronto Maple Leafs are benefiting from his stellar play. Is he... Is he in that realm of being capable of becoming a starter? I don't think so now because he's been so used to the role that he's now in. But boy, can he give you a quality start when called upon? And and I think that if this was a regular year where we weren't living in a COVID pandemic stricken world, he would be a guy that the Leafs would be way more comfortable leaning on for 30 to 35-ish games to spell Freddie off. And when he's healthy, which unfortunately he hasn't been, he can do that for you. He is a quality backup goaltender 100 and one of the things that you touched on and i'm glad you did was there seems to be a growing sentiment amongst uh leafs fans that campbell is already earmarked as the guy going forward uh and there's a, a growing sentiment on on you know uh chat pages uh, chat forums social media that the Leafs should let Freddie walk uh, in the offseason and hand the reins over to uh, Jack Campbell. There's a one slight problem with that. And, and Ryan, you're the one who just brought it up. He has never carried the workload of a number one goaltender. And I mean, I guess you don't know uh, until you give him that full, full shot. He, he looks like he's, uh, you know, matured and developed, but if you're Kyle Dubas, are you really going to gamble on Jack Campbell going into next year? 
I mean, if you if you win a cup this year, maybe it's it's easier to swallow uh, letting him walk to letting Freddie walk to save some cap money. But I just I don't see how as a GM build with a team that's built to win now, you could possibly entertain the idea of going into next season with a, a combination of, of of Jack Campbell and and whoever, whether that's Hutchinson, Wall whoever you might be looking at. I just, I don't see it. And I think, you know, I think, you know, it's a little short-sighted maybe by some Leafs fans to be hoping for that. Well, I, I completely agree. Uh, I, like I said, like I just said, I think the kid's a pretty good goaltender. I don't think that it's worth based exactly on what you said. Look at this. Look at us agreeing with each other. (laughs) Exactly what you said though based on and we talked about this last episode when you know yeah we were pretty hard on a guy like William Nylander he's an easy guy to pick on I didn't feel like I was picking on him I felt like I just pointed out and you pointed out things that bother us about his game sometimes but uh, we said and and I said during that show and we appreciate you all watching and listening um that the Leafs are in a position here over the next two to three-ish years where they have got to really make some hay and they need everybody pulling on the rope and they need the best guy possible at every position down the lineup. And I respect everybody's opinion to a degree, unless you want to get insulting about it, at which point I just kind of tune out. Everybody's opinion is valid and, you know, can be heard when we're talking about sports. I would vehemently disagree with any Leafs fan or other fan that tried to convince me that Jack Campbell is a better goaltender than Frederick Anderson. I respect your opinion. If you think that I vehemently disagree, I really, really do. Um, And I think that, like you said, if they win the cup this year, and of course all the fans will come out and say, Oh, well, they only won because of this and blah, 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 which by the way, dark guy, like if they do win the cup, uh, don't listen to that. Celebrate it. It's a cup. They you can only beat what's in front of you. You know the Penguins fans came after us when we won the cup. We I was on the team apparently when the Caps won the cup. I was oh they beat an expansion team in the final. Well the expansion team kicked everybody else's ass on the way there. So yeah. there. Don't listen to people. If the Leafs win the cup this year, you Selly and and hang off the edge of the CN Tower and scream it from up there. Oh, you can you can guarantee I will be. I know you will. If they win the cup, yeah, it would be easier to let Freddie walk because he turns around and says, "Well, hey, I just helped you win the first cup in fifty three years, fifty four years. Um, I want eight and a half million dollars, and they just can't find that. And they go, you know what, Jack? Let's run with it. And if we run into a problem thirty games into next year, when everybody will still be cup hungover in Toronto and deservedly so, then we'll try and fix the problem. Then it would be easier to let a guy walk. My team let a coach leave after he won the Stanley Cup, and that was a coach, a coach. I'm still mad about it, but I don't know. You you can't sit here and guarantee that they'll win the cup or win anything this year. They haven't won a playoff round. And I know a lot of people like to pick on Freddie and everything. I don't think it's his fault. And lo and behold, they make a bunch of new additions. 
get some responsible veterans in there and beef up the decor a little bit. Lo and behold, their defensive numbers are so, so much better. What a shock, eh? Well, Zach so, Bogajian's been an uh, absolute unsung yeah. hero as well on the back end. I, I think he's really being – his contributions are really being overlooked. But one of the things you're saying is uh, uh, one thing I hate about the Leafs' success this year, the one thing I hate is you can't enjoy it as a Leafs fan. You really can't because everywhere you turn, no offense, Ryan, mm. you have somebody like yourself saying, who cares? Until you win a playoff round, who cares? And it's like, you know what? I'm just going to live in the moment here. Six, 16, 4, and 2. We're, we're, we're winning games with Matthews, without Matthews, with Freddie, without Freddie. We're getting contributions up and down the lineup. Seeing a team buy into a defensive system and, and working for each other. I'm, I'm enjoying every minute of this. And, you know, it's kind of, that's the only thing. I'm not saying don't enjoy it. Would be a little different right now is that, they got the respect that they deserve. And it's like everywhere you turn, it's like, yeah, who cares? They haven't done anything in the playoffs. Well, I, I'm not going to tell you as a fan because I want every fan to enjoy sports and that's your prerogative. You, you can be angry, happy, whatever. You can be dissatisfied with your team, ecstatic with your team. I've been at both extreme ends of that spectrum. I'm not going to tell you not to enjoy it. It's a lot of fun winning hockey games. And the fact that hockey's even on uh, and baseball just started, football got through the year. I mean, it's great to be a sports fan right now, despite the challenges that sports are facing. Um, It's great we even have hockey on. So I'm not saying don't enjoy it. And like I just said, if the Leafs win the cup this year, it's valid. It exists. It's still going to be hard. Teams aren't just going to let them do it. No team, especially the team, if the Leafs make the Stanley Cup final, even throughout the playoff road there, none of the teams want to be a contributor in losing to the Leafs winning the cup for the first time in oh, 50 absolutely. plus years. I, absolutely. No team wants to do that. Yeah, they don't None. want to be they don't want to be the team that 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 the Leafs beat to break the uh, streak. Exactly. Sure. Exactly. So I'm saying if if that does happen, don't let people say, "Oh, it's not valid and there's an asterisk." No, no, no. I do agree a little bit, however, though with the notion of saying, "Show me something in the springtime." And I'm not saying don't enjoy the wins and Matthews is scoring and everything is fun. Hey, check your cell phone. I just texted you something to show you. I would, I I would like to see it. Let let me check it out. (laughs) All all I'm saying is he probably sent me a middle finger or something. It's not coming. (laughs) All I'm saying is this, there is a bit of validity and I'm not saying listen to it from other fan bases. But there's a little validity within the fan base of sitting there and going, I don't want to get too over the moon with a win streak. Because, again, how many times have I sat on here and compared my much maligned for a long time Washington Capitals to what the Leafs are doing now? Boy, I saw a lot of win streaks. I saw a 121-point season, and the Montreal Canadiens beat them in the first round of the playoffs. I saw Ovechkin score 65 goals. Didn't matter because April came around and they lost to the Rangers. 
No, they didn't. They lost to the Flyers that year. Then they lost to the Rangers a couple times. Lost to Pittsburgh umpteenth times. And so after a while, 2015-16-ish, I started to get really sick and tired of, is this the Capitals' year? Can they finally do it? Boy, they've won eight in a row. They've won nine in a row. I don't care. I don't care if they win nine in a row. I want them to win 16 times for a championship. (laughs) And Leaf fans, more than any other fan base in this league, want that very badly. So I uh, be optimistic. This is a good team. Ride, ride the wave. Let's see how they look in May. Yeah, because don't want to have another stinker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh boy! Well, well, and we'll see what that happens. But live, live in the moment and enjoy the now. Yes, uh, which is which is something that I, I don't think anybody in Buffalo is doing. And uh, I, 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 you alluded to it a little bit earlier. We talked before the show that I, I wanted to get into this, so uh, we'll cover it quickly before uh, David and Sarah jump on here. Um, I have a theory. Jack Eichel wants out of Buffalo and he's doing everything in his power to make that happen without actually coming out and saying, I want to trade. Um, I have a hard time disagreeing with you. We saw a strange media exchange this week, basically where he contradicted what the coach said about another injured player. I mean, it's, and basically said, no, the guy's fine. Uh, which hasn't, which wasn't the first time this year, though. There was something else a couple of weeks ago where the the whether it was surrounding COVID cases or something, but it was a couple of weeks back where there was a statement released by Buff, the Sabers or the coach, and Eichel stepped up and said, "No, no, that's not the case either." So, like, this wasn't an isolated incident. It just it seems to me that he's not happy in his situation, uh, and I mean, how could he be uh, if you're a competitor uh, looking looking around? The, the the team and what's going on there. Uh, I, I can't really blame them. It's, you know, I, again, I, I don't have a vested interest in the team other than just to say, I've seen a lot of games in Buffalo. I like the fans down there. They're good hockey fans. They prove it every year. They have extremely high ratings across all NHL games. Those people love to just watch hockey. The NHL does excellent excellent numbers no matter who's playing especially in the playoffs in that region of western new york these people do not deserve this i mean it's (laughs) i mean a distant relative of mine captained the team they were good back then and i mean basically ever since cousin chris and danny briere and then eventually ryan miller left it has been a i mean a struggle is just not even an appropriate word it's been a war of attrition for the fans my god they just can't get anything right they're Edmonton East I mean Edmonton is way better now obviously but holy cow they can't get it right they just can't catch a break they got a bunch of guys that can't score that are making a bajillion dollars no one seems to want to finish a check. No one wants to block a shot. They don't have great goaltending depth, although I do think that Allmark kid is really good. Oh, well, hey, the minute, the minute Uka Pekka Lukanen gets uh, 
uh, gets a shot in there too. I think he's going to be fantastic. But he I wants agree. to stay right where he is right now. Poor Uka, yeah. <laughs> Doesn't want any part of what's happening in Buffalo right now. But uh, as you said, uh, I, I'm a Bills fan. I go to a lot of games in Buffalo. Uh, there's a lot of good people there. They, they don't really deserve this. But uh, speaking of good people, uh, we're going to just jump into our, our, our guests here. Uh, unless you've been living under a rock for the last year, uh, you're very much going to know uh, who this fine gentleman is. And uh, we're maybe a little bit sideways there, but. Uh... <laughs> is <that Beautiful>. <laughs> we figured it out. There we go. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the smoke show, David and Sarah Ayers. How you doing? Not bad. How are you? Uh, absolutely fantastic, Dave. I, I gotta be, I gotta be honest. I've, I've spoken to Wayne Gretzky. I, I've spoken to the likes of Doug Gilmore, Grant Fear, and uh, I, I'm a little more nervous for this one than than, than any anybody I've ever talked to before, David. <laughs> Maybe because I'm, uh, I don't know. A lot of people say I beat the Leafs, right? A lot of people say that about me. It's like uh, it's not my, it's not my fault, but I still get a lot of heat from that. <laughs> well, I don't think anybody be, should be blaming you for, uh, you know, living your dream and, and having it come out uh, against the Leafs in a bad way. But uh, no, I, I say I'm a little nervous because if there's any one person that I'm jealous of that I would trade all my dark guy stuff for, it, it's you because <laughs> you lived my dream. Uh, I was the guy that went to the Leafs games with his goalie equipment in the back and being like, you know what? If, if they, if they get into trouble, I can run down and be dressed in 10 minutes and, <laughs> you, and you got to live that. Yeah, it was pretty special. Well, uh, it's obviously something I'm never going to forget, but uh, I was lucky enough that I didn't just bring my gear <laughs> to the rink that day. I was ready to go. <laughs> David, well, I, I want to ask you uh, just a little bit about that night and, and kind of what you remember about it, because again, it's just a situation that almost never happens it's something that NHL fans almost never get to see. But over the last couple of years, that night in Chicago against the Jets with the young accountant that got called into action, of course, most famously you against the Maple Leafs. I mean, what were you thinking when, I don't know who it was, a league official, somebody comes over to you and says, you better put your stuff on. You have to play against the Maple Leafs. Yeah. It was one of Carolina's PR guys. Actually, I was just talking to him before we were just kind of catching up and, uh, you know, after he left the room, five minutes later, he came back in and he said, let's go. But uh, I, I was ready to go. You know, you, you practice for so many years with the Leafs and the Marlies and you, you want your one shot. You know, Sarah and I both said throughout the three years I was the emergency goalie. It's like, could you imagine if one of the guys or two of the guys get hurt and I actually get a chance to get in there? And obviously you'd be pumped because you've been on the ice with them for so long. You just want that one shot to get into an NHL game. Win or lose, you just want to get there. So I got lucky enough to do it. Absolutely. And you, and you mentioned your, your lovely wife, Sarah, who's been a, a massive uh, help from my understanding in, in managing your social media. Uh, Sarah, how are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Uh, I can't complain. So uh, we're seeing a, a little bit on social media of uh, March being, and correct me if I'm saying this wrong, uh, Kidney Disease Awareness Month? Yeah, it's like a kidney health month. Absolutely. So you have just, you've joined on... Um, and again, unless people have been living under a rock, they know David's story uh, of having a kidney transplant, uh, uh, courtesy of his mother, uh, uh, if I do remember correctly. Uh, tell me a little bit about the initiative that you're getting into here with uh, the month of March rolling in. 
So we're doing the six degree challenge right now. So in some way, shape or form, every person knows somebody is going to meet somebody or has crossed paths with somebody who has kidney disease. Um, and so it's just bringing awareness to that um, to try to raise funds. They say one out of every 10 Canadians um, has kidney disease or will develop kidney disease and the numbers are on the rise right now. So that's 4 million people. There's people waiting on dialysis, um, people waiting for transplants and we're just trying to get the the, the word out there that um, this, is, this is pretty important. Oh, absolutely. And uh, it, it's so amazing that you both have, have used uh, the platform you had to try to do something positive with it and uh, bring awareness to something that matters most to you. I think uh, that, that might, might sometimes get lost on people. And it's, it's fantastic that you guys have uh, something like that going on. But Dave, I don't, I, I had to change over to asking Sarah a question real quickly, just for the simple fact that um, she may alluded to uh, a, a private conversation that you liked the attention. So I wanted to make sure I got her in there before we... <laughs> I told him not to say that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to throw you under the bus, Sarah. But to be. <laughs> I, I had to make sure I got a question in before we, we kept going on at, at David there, Sarah. So I'm going to exit now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, Dave, everybody knows your story. Um, it's absolutely fantastic. You know, you've probably been asked the question a million times, you know, what it was like going into the game. But have you stopped and thought about the fact that you hold an NHL record that is probably never going to get broken? Like, has it, what does that feel like to know that, you know, you have the record, uh, the oldest goaltender to ever win their NHL debut and, I largely don't see that ever being broken. I mean, how do you wrap your head around that? Yeah, like I said, I'm just lucky enough to get into that game, you know, being 42 and kind of falling into the, the practice goalie thing. And I was just lucky enough that they asked me to be an emergency goalie. And then, you know, lucky and unlucky for the Carolina goalies, I, I got to go in there. So, like you said, it, it's hard in sports, any sport, to get into your 40s and kind of keep doing it. And uh, you can ask Sarah, I come home every day with bumps and bruises and sore this and torn this and uh, you know, it wasn't fun um, per se to be injured, but it's, you know, hockey's my passion and it's something that I'll, that I'll always continue to do until I can't walk anymore, really. Like, I'll just keep playing it in goal as much as I can. And um, so I haven't really thought about the, the record part of it. I just thought about the fact that I can just keep going at my age. I just nonstop. I'll just keep trying as, as long as I can. Sarah, I'd love to ask you uh, a question as well. Obviously, you exploded on social media that night. A ton of people followed your account after David went in and did what most people would think is impossible and beat the Maple Leafs that night. What were you thinking when you see your husband go into an NHL game? Obviously, something he dreamed about for a long time. What's going through your mind when you see him come out in Leafs colored pads with a Carolina Hurricanes jersey on? What's going through your head in the moment? Well, like I said to a couple of people, I am, everybody knows me as a diehard Leaf fan. So uh, I felt kind of torn a little bit. I was so excited for him, but I was honestly, I was sick to my stomach. Like I, <laughs> I could never, I don't ever want to feel that way again. I would love to relive the night, but to be able to uh, kind of put a little bit more into perspective how things happened and how things uh, unfolded would have been a little bit nicer, but my, my nerves were completely shot for him. I was nervous for him. I was excited, but didn't know how it was going to go. And I think the biggest thing was that we were scared. I was scared of, of the fans reaction to the whole thing. And the last thing you want to do is 
be standing up where we're standing in the 300s with the diehard Leaf fans and have him skate out there. <laughs> did you be honest? Did you text them during the intermission and say, you better lose this game? I, <laughs> everybody around me was telling, was saying, babe, that, babe, I, I love you. I love you, but let a damn goal in, please. <laughs> yeah. I think it would have been more along the lines of, okay, that's enough. She's enough. Let's just stop there. <laughs> I want to know David as well. Just, you know, you mentioned the two goals, obviously two quick ones go in on you and then you were stellar the rest of the way. You stopped Austin Matthews point blank of all people. And he's on a scoring tear this year. Maybe some teams should give you a call. Um, it, 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 it's amazing. And, and you mentioned, of course, as well, working for the team, practicing with the Leafs and the Marlies over the years, you've seen a lot of these guys, you know, them, how much were you thinking of how a certain guy shoots, how a certain guy approaches coming into the zone, into the slot? Like, was that something going through your mind at all? Like, I kind of know how this guy likes to shoot, where he likes to set up. Did you think about that at all? Or did you even have time to think about that? Yeah, I don't really, I think after the first goal, I think Tavares walked out of the corner top of the circle and I thought he was going to go blocker side and I got fooled on that one. And obviously he went five hole. Uh, and right after that, I, was, I said to myself, don't, don't overthink it. Like these guys shoot it in practice wherever they want to, you know, they've got their favorite spots, but in a game, really none of that matters. You know, guys are on top of them. They don't really have that time to shoot and they just rip it at the net. So for them, it's muscle memory to wherever they like to shoot. Um, but it's also the time and space that they have. They don't have much, you know, you get on the ice and, uh, everything gets ramped up. The speed gets ramped up. The physicality gets ramped up and. They're just, to be honest, they're just ripping it at the net for the most part. And, uh, you know, some of the guys like Matthews can pick a spot whenever he wants to. But, you know, I got lucky enough to make a couple stops off of him. And there was a few plays. The Hyman in the slot was a practice play. Uh, the Matthews down low, if you've seen a few of his goals, he, he lets it go low on the ice from there. And, uh, you know, maybe I was lucky enough to practice with them and, and kind of know that it was there, but not really pay attention to it during the game sort of thing. So, yeah, I just kind of tried to stop everything I could. Oh, that's fantastic. So you go from, you go from beating the Leafs uh, all over the news in North America. Anyway, I'm pretty sure you were probably on the news over in Europe too. Uh, a year later, it was just a, we're a week past, a week past your year anniversary from the game and Disney announces they are making a movie about the David Ayers story. Uh Talk to me just a little bit about how that that came about and and what what that conversation feels like when somebody calls and says, you know what, I want to make a movie about you. Yeah, I think it started in, in Carolina when uh, we were at the Cheesecake Factory and James Corden uh, called the Hurricanes guy and asked if he can get my number. And I said, sure. So we were sitting in the Cheesecake Factory and I got a phone call from James Corden. It was the first time we actually sat down together since that game, you know, we were go, go, go the whole time. And we were finally thinking we're going to get to enjoy a dinner together and like kind of peaceful and the, the phone rings and James Corden's on the other end. And he just said, you know, congrats. You know, I heard the story. It was amazing. And he just said that his production company it would be a cool movie, but he wasn't pushing it on me. And uh, we went through about 24, 25 production companies through the agency and settled on James. And it happens to be that James's neighbor is somebody that works for Disney and they were up for a walk. And, and that's how the whole conversation started. And, um, and that's how Disney kind of came on board with everything. So I think everything just kind of aligned at that point. Sarah, it must be asked now at this point, who would you like to play your husband? Because obviously they're going to let you pick the actor, right? 
Of course, of course. I said Jason Momoa, but Dave doesn't think that, that that's a good sell. <laughs> of course. Yeah, that was, that was <laughs> um, no, but we said uh, the on ice stuff. Like nobody can can play Dave like he can play himself, obviously, and that. So I think it would be totally cool that Dave does uh, does his own work out there on the ice. Yeah, I think that's the idea. I think the idea was just to I'd be an associate producer on the film, so that's what my role is going to be. Um, right. and they're they're gonna allow me to be uh involved in it as much as i want from start to finish and that's the reason why we took james Corden's group and leo they uh they said to me right from the start we'll let you do whatever you want you know be part of it you know as much as you want or as little as you want uh and i said that you know i could go on the ice and be myself and they're like sure no one else is gonna you know be able to play you like you can play you on the ice so uh, i think that was one of the biggest things for both sarah and i is just so we can both kind of be involved in everything so I, I had seen, you know, Bodog, Bodog Canada ran a thing about who should play David Ayers. And, and I, knew, I knew, Ryan, you were going to ask my question that actually is, Sarah, who do you want or who do you foresee playing you? Um, who did they say? Spit and Chicklets. Who did they do? They said they, Charlize Theron was the one. Either that or uh, oh, Margot yeah. Robbie, I think, would be pretty awesome. He'd be all over the Charlize Theron thing. I wouldn't even be able to go close to set if that was the case. <laughs> <laughs> well, both both would be solid options. Uh, I just definitely want to throw it out there that uh, when I do shave my beard, uh, we do have a certain resemblance. So, like, if if you needed, like, a stunt, a stunt double... Or somebody to fill in for a couple takes. Uh, you know, I, I'd be there against. for you, Dave, 100% being a goalie myself. So, <laughs> dark guy. Dark guy, he stopped Austin Matthews in an NHL game. He doesn't need a stunt double. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? All right, well, I, I, already, I already threw it out to him. Then, then at least I, I either, I got to play, I got to play Freddie Anderson or something. Like, I, I got to be <laughs> <laughs> I gotta be able to do something here. I mean, if, if worse comes to worse and I'm just painted in the stands, then okay. But I mean, <laughs> one thing I would suggest that I think would be really funny in the movie, and I'm not a producer, you don't have to take this advice at all, is, and I'm sure you saw Steve Dangle's reaction video to the game. I think it would be funny if you had Steve play a sportscaster and do a similar type of reaction on a sports <laughs> show in the movie. That would be funny. That's true. So Steve and I did a little thing on the ice there last week or the week before. And he's definitely not going to be one of the athletes in the, in the game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He'll tell you, he'll tell you that much. He'll tell you that uh, he's not the athlete. He's not much of a skater or, a shooter but he's a funny guy so we could definitely uh fit him in there for sure <laughs> fantastic so are are you current yeah i know you're still currently uh you're running the madame ice center correct i switched jobs i left there i couldn't go back there i was always on the road with the media and you know i was never at, at the rink so i kind of just gave up on that job i told my my boss and he was great about it so I switched jobs now to a different company called Simcoe Refrigeration, which is still in the rinks. So just not in the rinks every day. I'm just working for the uh, ice plant, the refrigeration side of the story now. That's fantastic. So and any 
any plans to maybe join the uh, the Leafs for another practice or outdoor practice, or or have you been banished from the dressing room? <laughs> well, you know, I think it's a COVID why I'm banished from the dressing room, but I think there's a little bit of the mix of, of both. Uh, but I'm hoping to get back there. I, I feel like my first practice back with the full team, I'll probably have a few dents in my cage. So we'll we'll see you though. <laughs> I got to say, Gary Bettman, we know you listen to the show. Uh, (laughs) Hopefully next year there can be an all-star game. And if there's an all-star game, you got to be in the shootout. They have to put you in net for the shootout. That would be awesome. Uh, David, I want to ask you as well, right after the game, everybody saw the video of the team, you know, showering you in beer, baseball style. It it was an awesome video. And, And I think that, you know, despite the fact you beat the Leafs you know Leaf fans have responded very well to your story for very obvious reasons um I want to know what it was like though to have a guy like Rod Brindamore you know congratulate you and everyone saw the video I mean what was that like to have a guy who's an NHL legend and you know a pretty legendary bodybuilder I'll say and Rod the Bod Brindamore what was that like to have him congratulate you after winning a game for his team you know what he's uh he's such a good guy um Players respect him so much, and obviously his career was, was amazing. Um, but, you know, for him to kind of say what he did afterwards in the dressing room, you know, it meant a lot to me. He could have just kind of said, thanks, Dave, you know, basically see you later. But, uh, you know, he signed a bottle of wine and said thanks for the memories. And then he, I'm sure you saw the speech that he that he had. And he's just an all-around amazing guy. And uh, we went to Carolina, and we got to talk to him even more and get to know him a little bit more. And uh, that's, you can see why everyone respects him so much. Absolutely. Um, Sarah, are you going to have uh, a, a, a major hand in, in the whole production of the movie and everything as well? Are you going to be, uh, you know, getting your hands in there with whether it be with some of the writing, helping the story out, anything like that? I think the idea is, uh, I think the writing process is actually a fairly lengthy thing to go through. So they're going to get our stories, both Dave, myself, um, his mom, um, family, close friends and that. So it's going to be, it's very, it's very obviously Disney's uh, family oriented, right? So it's going to be all close knit and uh, they're going to keep it as close to script as absolutely possible. I'm sure she'll get their hands in there. Yeah. So I was, I was, <laughs> I was a little curious as to, uh, and I, I mean, I, you don't have to say anything that you can't or you're contractually obligated not to or whatever but are they going to be going right back from from you know the story of uh you as a youth a hockey player coming up the delivered transplant or is it going to be more just the hockey side of things yeah i think they're going to go just by talking to some of the writers uh obviously nothing's written yet but just the concept of it is you know the game is the game and you know kind of people want to know how we, how I got to that game. So, you know, I don't know how they're going to start it, but um, they're kind of working on the whole inspirational part of it, you know, obviously starting as a kid and, and working all the way up through through the challenges that I had and uh, finally getting to where I've always wanted to be. <laughs> now, Casimir Kaskasiu has been very outspoken about the fact that his helmet and his pads got uh, an NHL win before he ever did. Did he did he donate that equipment to you, or or what happened with to that afterwards? So so that helmet's like my actual helmet. It's got my paint job and everything on it, but those are his his pads. So he switched to Bauer at the beginning of the year, and those were his Brian designs. 
So I, I, you know, I wasn't huge on Brian originally. And I thought, you know, I'm like, can I try your, your stuff? And I said, yeah, sure. You know, whatever. I'm in, in Bowers now. So uh, I ended up sticking with his stuff for the, for the year. You know, I was comfortable in it. Um, so that just happened that I was wearing them that night. And I wore those every day. Those are my practice pads. You know, every time I'm on the ice, those, that's the gear I wear. So what I wore there is, uh, was his stuff, but he, he saw me after that the next day and he, you know, he congratulated me. He said it was awesome. And, and he said, you know, my, my pads have an NHL victory, but I don't. So, uh, <laughs> he, he's a great, he's such a great, great kid and he's going to get his NHL victory soon. Yeah. I, I had I wanna... the pleasure of meeting him, uh, once, uh, at the, uh, making premiere of making Coco, um, uh, the Grant Fear story. Uh, he was there, he was there with, uh, uh, with Freddie Anderson, a great, great bunch of guys. Uh, so yeah, I could, I could see him being okay with that. Um, uh, Ryan, sorry, I was, I cut you off. No, there. no, I just want to ask both you guys, obviously we, we mentioned it before and, uh, for obvious reasons, and it's, it's a huge part of your life and your story, David, uh, you guys care an awful lot about, um, kidney donations and, and helping people out with kidney disease. I'd love to know, uh, are, is there anything in concrete for some things you guys are going to be doing this month to help raise awareness for it? How can people get involved? Is there going to be, you know, some auctions, things like that? What's in the plans to uh, help people get involved? Yeah, I think Sarah is kind of dealing with that more so this month than I am. You know, I, I did the emergency fund beginning of COVID. We raised 100000 I think, in a, in a month. Um, and then we did, I donated uh, a couple autograph sticks and stuff like that for even the other auctions that they had for the, the Kidney Foundation. Uh, what Sarah's doing the Six Degrees, obviously, to raise awareness for, for kidney uh, disease and stuff like that. So I'm not sure if they've got anything more going on this month, but I'm sure uh, whatever it is, we'll be pumping it out. Great. Great to hear. And we will of course be retweeting and sharing all of that. And Sarah's not hard, like I said, to find on social media. So everybody, I'm sure Leafs nation and Canes nation. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody will get behind it. You know, you've made it when, when you have fake accounts popping up. Oh my God. Don't even get me started on that. one. (laughs) I've, I've had, I've had multiple fake Sarah, Sarah airs, uh, accounts following me on Instagram. I told you about one or two of them there, but uh, yeah. that's when you know you've made it. Uh. <laughs> that's when I said, to her. I said, "Hey, if someone wants to make a fake account of it, you, you have to make it somehow, right?" So, uh, good for her. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> so, uh, a little bit, uh, a little bit of news in in, in Leafsland, more so Marley's land today. Uh, Richard Clune named Toronto Marley's captain. Uh, as somebody who, who you know, uh, would probably know him a lot better than most or, or uh, have a little bit more of a, a friendship with him, what are your thoughts on, on uh, Clune taking the C in, in, uh, for the Marlies? I think it's overdue, to be honest. That guy is uh, an amazing guy. You know, I've felt a pretty good friendship with him over the years. I've been on the ice with him probably thousands of times at this point. You know, he's been there for years upon years now. Um, just a great leader, been through a lot of stuff, you know, overcome a lot of stuff. Uh, and in the room, he's so positive. He's always lifting guys up and he's just a great all around human. You know, he's just a great guy. I think he's, that's going to be a great, uh, addition to have him wear the CD for that team. 
I agree. And I think a lot of people would agree. And uh, he's been very vocal about a lot of the struggles he's been through in his life as well. So I think a lot of people are cheering today for uh, Rich Clune. David, final one for me. I, I, you know, this is a big question and probably one of the more serious questions I've ever asked one of our guests. Everyone knows your story. Everyone's familiar with that night and everything that happened and the incredible events that ensued. And uh, congrats on the movie, by the way. I can't wait to see that and hopefully someday read your book. I, I just want to know when people look back on you and your story beyond the, the athlete, beyond that night, you're a human being and a pretty awesome one at that. And we appreciate you doing this for us. What is something that you want people to remember about you? Uh, you know, essentially what, what do you want your legacy to be? You know what? I think, uh, first of all, determination, you know, uh, everything that kicks you, to the ground be determined get yourself back up and I think that was my my biggest thing throughout all these years um you know I just kind of set little goals along my way and and I, you know I got higher than I ever thought I was going to be but if you didn't keep a positive attitude and the determination you know in anything that you do in life it's going to be hard to achieve what you want to achieve so you know if people look back and say you know Dave was a determined guy and very um you know, goal oriented and, and just work really, really hard to get where he was and anywhere in life, then uh, I'll be happy with that. That's, uh, that's all, all I think anybody could ask for. And that's amazing. I, I, I've got one more for you. And I know you're not gonna, you're not gonna answer and, and I don't blame you. How much did Sebastian Aho rally up for you after that game? <laughs> a couple bucks. A couple bucks. Um, it was enough you know uh, uh, we went down to the carolina and uh we had a couple dollars to go for dinner so it was great those guys were, were fantastic and obviously wasn't expecting any of that to happen but uh they're great guys uh i i had read i had read the story and i'm like i wasn't gonna ask because it's a little i don't know it's kind of like a rude question to ask and i knew you wouldn't answer but i had to throw it <laughs> out there because uh you know if i know anything about those boys you you, you got a pretty good bonus for one game so <laughs> yeah yeah it wasn't painful you know i think you know the, the bonus is one thing but the friendships that come along with it you know to this day with, with some of the guys is something that you're never going to forget uh, absolutely well dave sarah thank you so much for your time this evening your generosity uh 100% cannot wait to uh see the movie uh to play freddie anderson like we've agreed upon it's on tape <laughs> we've got we've got this in writing so that's fantastic and uh sarah one more time uh what's the website that people can go to for the uh six degrees this month this month um you can go to www.sixdegreechallenge.com and also uh kidney.ca as she should get some donations to help these guys raise some money for uh, uh for a great cause all the best to you both and uh well hopefully we'll be talking to you again soon yeah thanks for having us thank you. It. it was awesome thank you guys all right well ladies fantastic. and gentlemen david and sarah Ayers, soon to be movie stars on top of everything else <laughs> very much looking forward to that uh, i don't know i think i think i could play freddie though right like what you- oh my gosh i don't think so <laughs> you guys might have to hang up i'm not sure okay yeah. Yeah. thanks guys i don't know how to do this <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh, perfect. Okay. So that was pretty darn cool. Yeah. Uh, one of the, uh, man, I, I can't even say one of, I mean, all the guests that we've been able to have on the show have just been so awesome. I mean, that's just great. And I mean, you know, dark guy, much like yourself, when you kind of blew up and exploded on social media. And I remember Steve Dangle saying this on his podcast when that happened, you know, you could have been a total D bag about the whole thing. And, you know, ridden off into 15 minutes of fame and, and, you know, but I think that much like yourself experiencing something somewhat similar to that, um, you know, I think you'd prefer the game win, of course, like Dave, but two people that were thrust into the spotlight and turned out to be exceptionally awesome human beings. And I think that, I think that, you know, it says a lot about, um you know leafs nation first of all when you know that loss is talked about a lot and we brought it up recently you know a a a terrible loss for the leafs and the fans stood up and gave that guy a standing ovation um he's been treated like gold and he deserves to be and and sarah as well just two unbelievably good people uh and and good things are coming their way and deservedly so whether it's a bottle of rod brindamore's wine or uh, a movie on disney uh, like those two people and they show it there uh have hearts of gold and and uh again uh the website six degree challenge and of course kidney.ca if you guys can help out in any way uh that'd be awesome uh yeah can't thank david and sarah airs enough they were spectacular well and you know what I, I really debated. Um, I, we always try to keep things positive, except for when I'm ripping on Nylander. <laughs> and I debated, I debated asking Dave a little bit because I he has caught uh, a lot of flack on social media, where where Lee fans just can't get over the fact that they lost the game and they haven't been able to be happy for them. They more look at that as as, as an embarrassment. And, and I was going to, I debated whether or not I wanted to ask him about it and, and what that kind of felt like a little bit, but in the end, I know, uh, I know what the answer is and, and it's never going to be good. So I decided to stay away from it because he is such a class individual. So is his wife, Sarah, everything they've done, like he wasted no time trying to use his platform for something good. And, and that I will always respect. Uh, and it's like you said, he, he could have been uh, a, a, a total D bag. Like, like uh, you know, people probably thought I was and he wasn't. And it just makes it that much more easy to get behind the whole amazing story of, of everything that happened for him. Like this is a kid. I think he was 17 years old when he had his liver transplant, like his kidney transplant. Uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. His kidney transplant. Yeah. What, what does that, how do you deal with that? Something like that at, at 17 years old and, and you, the word he used is to persevere and never give up on his dreams and just keep going and going and going. And here you are 42 years old dressing up for the Carolina hurricanes against your favorite team in the freaking world. I mean, uh, you just can't say enough good things about, about both of them. And uh, it was an absolute honor to have him on. It certainly was. And I, you know, again, just two great people and 
perseverance and determination is right. And I, and I like what he said there, you know, when I asked him about what people want to remember about him, you know, it, it, that night, in my opinion, uh, has become a footnote in the David Ayers story. And I'm not trying to diminish the significance of what he achieved that night in any way by saying that. What I mean by it is, ultimately, I think, and, and I think that, uh, and I'm excited to see that, the movie will accentuate this. I think that it's a, a footnote ultimately in the legacy of David and Sarah Ayers uh, and his family as a whole uh, because of the type of person he is and the uh, what he chose to do with the platform that he did not ask for, Dark Guy. He did not ask to go into that game. Uh, like I said to him at the start, it was unbelievably rare circumstances um you can count on both hands the number of times that that's happened uh in nhl history and so that's why ultimately i feel like the game itself is a footnote and and honestly i understand in the moment the frustration steve dangles video was funny and everything and but Steve was you know extremely gracious to him. Obviously, I don't understand people that can get that mad and not be happy for the person. David Ayers didn't ask to beat the Maple Leafs. He he went in there and put in a a, a performance full of integrity and determination ultimately, and it turned out great for him. And he has used that up opportunity to do far more good than bad, and that for me is the legacy of David Ayers. It's, it's, a, it's a great story, but wouldn't it have been maybe even a little tad bit better if he went in there and, like, Matthew shoots for the trapper and he's like, oh, blocker save. Oh, did they score? Oh, and he just let everything in because he wanted Toronto to win. Wouldn't that have no. been absolutely hilarious? No, it would have been a terrible story. And then <laughs> P- you think you think people are mean mean to him now. It would have been worse. Um, no, and that's why I said he went in there and diehard Leaf fan. Sarah's a diehard Leaf fan, and and she mentioned it there when I asked her about it. You know, felt sick. I mean, it, such a tough thing. I can tell you this: if I had to go in that against the Capitals, my knees would buckle. That I wouldn't be able. To- I wouldn't be able to do it. Um, I don't think that not for an integrity reason, but just because I I couldn't handle the moment and I'm not an athlete. That guy has done nothing but great things. He's handled all of this with grace and humility. And ultimately that's the best thing that I can say of the situation. And anybody who wants to take it personally as a Leaf fan and, and take a crap on it, can shove off as far as I'm concerned. I think that's something that kind of gets missed in this a little bit too, is um, the, the nerves of, of steel, excuse me, that you have to have the size of Cajones that you have to have as a 42 year old gentleman strapping on those pads, looking down the ice and seeing Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, and yeah, okay, the first two shots went in, blah, blah, blah. I think that would be uh, expected out of anybody on the planet. But to settle in and finish that game off the way he did, um, 
I don't think there's enough made about that. And, and maybe I, I wish I'm going to regret not bringing that up when he was still on here is, is, you know, that's very impressive in itself that, that he was able to say, you know what, I, I'm, I'm overthinking this. I just stop the puck, just stop the puck. It doesn't matter if that's Austin Matthews, that's not the Toronto Maple Leafs. It's just another hockey game. And I think that's something that'll, that is always overlooked in this and, and is one of the most impressive things. Yeah, it absolutely is. I mean, the guy has played hockey his entire life. He's a way better athlete than I'll ever be. But the fact remains, he was an employee of the team and was a practice goalie. Guy had never stepped on NHL ice when it counts in his life. Yeah, and he, the first I mean, he, two shots go whistling by, like Tavares buries one on you, and it's like, geez, there you go. The very next one, I, who scored the second? Did Hyman score the the second one? I can't even remember. And then to turn around and do that, what did he stop? Seven shots after that, yeah, including eight, two eight off Matthews? To, shots to close out the game, yeah. I mean, God, just be happy for somebody else for once. Like, people, I, I just don't know how you can watch what transpired that night and think anything negative about it other than, you know, you're a Leaf fan, you absorb the loss. It's, it hurts a lot, but to come out of that on the other side, I've always said, I I could never, I could never look at, at his story with anything but envy. He, he lived my dream. He lived the dream of so many others. uh, And I'll I'll always be uh, very, very happy that it happened to such a great individual. I do got to say, as, as much as I can joke around about, you know, hey, wouldn't it have been funny if he went in and just let six goals in and the Leafs win? <laughs> I, I understand where he's coming from. It happened, happened to me once when I was playing, uh, playing hockey up in Sudbury. We had a team uh, come down from the Sioux for a tournament. Um, we were in the semifinals, I believe it was. Uh, and, and I'll never live this one down from some of my friends. Uh, we were winning the game. Uh, I was on the bench. Uh, coach wanted me ready for the finals. Uh, the Sioux's goalie, the Sioux came down with only one goalie. Their, their backup goalie was hurt. Uh, couldn't make it for the tournament. Lo and behold, their goalie gets hurt. And it was like the second period. My team's up by one goal. And the Sioux's coach just looked over at me and he like went like this. And I'm like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so I grabbed my stuff. I went into their change room, threw on a Sioux St. Marie jersey, came back out, shut my team down. The Sioux actually won. <laughs> and uh, I sent them to the finals uh, while I sent my own team that I actually played for packing. But that's, that's the way that story should go. Yeah. Because I expect sports at this high of a level and that high of a level too. We all know what, you know, junior and major midget hockey tournaments are like. They're extremely competitive. That's how I expect it to go. Because if you had have just opened your five hole up and stood there like a scarecrow, it would have been an outrage. It would have been a disrespect to the sport. And in terms of athletics, there is nothing worse, in my opinion, than disrespecting the game. And, And people that do that, it tends to come back and bite you. Think of a guy like Barry Bonds. He's never gonna get in the Hall of Fame. Even without steroids, one of the greatest baseball players I've ever seen. One, maybe the best hitter ever. So dangerous. 
he will never get in the Hall of Fame unless by miracle the Veterans Committee gets him in because he's a bad person. I, I think that's right? a little bit maybe different because you're talking about steroids and, and everything else. But he disrespected the game. I liken it, I, I'll liken it to a sportsman thing like, uh, let's say, Nail Yakupov, who scores his first NHL goal and goes full Theron Fleury. Uh, and then you never hear from the guy again, basically, after uh, uh, a whole bunch of... Well, yeah, I mean... I could forgive him in that sense because it was his first goal and at least it was a big goal. It tied the game and they went to overtime. I believe Edmonton lost anyway to LA that night. If it had have been a goal for like 7-1, even for your first goal, I would have been like, ooh, the Theo Fleury impression down the ice. I don't know. At least I can give him a bit of a pass of going, okay, your first goal, first overall pick, it tied the game. Um, I, you know, it just... Everyone loses respect for athletes. Look what happened to Lance Armstrong. Look what happened to Pete Rose, which we talked about recently. Different scenario, but look what happened. Um, the Black Sox back in the day, uh, one of the most hated teams of all time. The Houston Astros. No one will ever look at the Houston Astros the same way ever again. Fairly or unfairly. They brought that on themselves. They disrespected the game. Yeah. And that will follow you forever. And so uh, yeah. you're and, going uh, in and in shutting end, down your team. Sportsmanship, right? It, and, exactly. And I, there was no way I could go in there and, and let my boys win. And truth be told, the more saves I made and the more they came by the net and were like, dude, what the hell, man? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> the more they were getting mad and the more they were slapping their sticks on the ice and going by my crease swearing at me. Uh, the more I smiled and the more I was making that next save. Right. So exactly. Integrity. It's an important thing. Kids have, <laughs> have some, it'll go a long way. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. You might have a movie made about you someday. Have some integrity. Speaking of which, why is it every time, every time uh, we talked about the agreement we have in place about me playing uh, Freddie Anderson, you start chuckling and, and making faces. Listen, I'm not, a, <laughs> I'm not a lawyer. There is no such agreement in place. <laughs> and I'll testify that. What they should do, though, is put you in the movie, like, in the stands watching. Were you at that game? Uh, I was not at the game. Oh, well, uh, they can rewrite that. Put yeah, you up in the stands. That could be a rewrite, but hell no, man. I, I've, played ho- I've played hockey my whole life. I could skate circles around probably kids half my age. Uh, I, I need to be on the ice. Like I, I, even if you don't see my face, I need to be like an extra, whether I'm a, a referee or, 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 I'm, or I'm playing Austin Matthews. Hey, I will shave the beard, dude. I will play Austin Matthews body. You'll see snipe release. Like you've never seen before. You can't rock that Pedro mustache that he has, man. Come okay, on. Th- hold like- on. Hold on a second here. This whole beard started over you a statement. My dad made saying you can't grow that beard. You, you you think I can't rock that Pedro mustache? Not like him. Oh, we'll we'll see. We'll see. Oh. I got I got some old school photos of of that dirty stash only. <laughs> now, not to take this to an insulting place, <laughs> what are we going to do about Austin Matthews' hair? I've got lots of hair, Bob. Well, 
It's not us, Matthew's hair. People, people don't understand. I've got a full head of hair here. I choose to shave it. Well, it's I nice. Don't, and thick, I don't buddy. believe nice you. Well, anyway, whether you're in the movie or not, certainly what they could do is have a shot like they'll pan away from the game to you in the dark cave going like this. The home alone. <laughs> That, just like a little cameo that would be cool um you don't want me to reenact what what i was doing watching that game <laughs> yes I that do. might the the uh maybe reenact as long as there's no microphone because if there's a microphone uh that would not oh be yeah the appropriate no it'll be like it, no sound it'll just be like inspirational music over the top of it you know i believe i can fly or something um yeah, yeah, it, there, there was things flying in my basement that day i have absolutely no <laughs> doubt buddy i'm sorry ah <laughs> uh, just great guests so that man those two rock it's awesome happy for dave and uh, i can't wait to see the movie speaking of movies dark guy yes just a few days ago it was the 44 year anniversary of my favorite movie slap shot just the best i i watched it twice over the weekend what a film i love that movie to this day uh doesn't play very well in 2021 uh maybe don't show it to your friends but uh oh man just an all-time great movie and hopefully david ayer's movie reaches that same type of uh adoration with hockey fans so so i'm i'm gonna risk us losing a whole bunch of followers Okay. I love Slapshot. I love the movie. I think I know what's coming. You don't think it's the greatest hockey movie. movie. I pretended to put the foil on. Uh, (laughs) Yes. I I reenacted the interview scene where where they're talking about the penalties and uh, doing the examples with the goalie stick. I love the movie. I do not believe it's the greatest hockey movie ever made. Okay. Tell me what is. I need to be showing my my big, beautiful Canadian tattoo uh, when I say this. But I love The Miracle. I I absolutely love the movie The Miracle. Uh, I watched the movie The Miracle probably, and this is no exaggeration, 15, 20 times a year, easily. I agree. For the record, it's just Miracle. It's not The Miracle. And I agree. I love that movie too. Remember like snow days in school when like you lived in town and still had to go to school, but the kids that bust into town didn't have to go. Well, that was the go-to movie at my public school that they would play for the kids that got dragged to school by their parents who didn't want them at home all day with them on a snow day. Yay. But Miracle was like the go-to movie. Dude, that movie's so, so, so good. It's emotional. It's amazing. Completely true story. It's awesome. I love Miracle. Um, I, of course, still have an aversion to Slapshot because I've watched it probably. The only movie I've probably watched more than Slapshot in my life is Dumb and Dumber uh, because it's Dumb and Dumber. But (laughs) so I'm going to go. I'm going to go one worse. Okay. Goon is better than Slapshot. 100%. I don't know, man. Also based loosely off a true story of Doug the Hammer Smith. Yeah. Um, I love Goon. Goon 2 was a stretch. It had some okay parts. Goon is a modern masterpiece. I saw it in the theater at 
two in the afternoon with my then girlfriend who I begged to go with me. I'm like, please see this movie. There was hardly anybody there. There was me, her, and like 10 dudes all wearing like gong show hats. I'm like, this is my crew. We moved down, we moved down and sat with them. There was 12 of us in this theater in London, Ontario. I cried at the end. I cried at the end. Do you know why? Because A, I'm a big sap. I cry at movies and shows all the time. And I'm not afraid to admit that. I cried because A, no one makes good hockey movies ever. The, and, and the good hockey movies that have been made are ignored next to Miracle because it was a Disney movie and did really well at the box office. Think of like Mighty Ducks, Mystery Alaska. Hockey movies generally, and Goon and Slapshot both had this too, always seem to have like a campy nature to them. Hockey is looked at by Hollywood as like this quirky sport. Think about all the great baseball movies that there are and how like serious and dramatic they are. Field of Dreams, Angels in the Outfield, The Rookie, all these great movies. For the love of the game. For the love of the game. Football as well. Gridiron Gang. And uh, dude, there's so many good sports movies. Basketball, Hoosiers, Coach Carter. Hockey movies. Almost all of them, despite our love for them, are so cheesy and like very campy. And so they made Goon, which was, you know, a comedy more than it was a sports movie. But it was just so refreshing that some Jay Baruchel took the sport and made a compelling story around it. And that's why I got emotional when I watched Goon in the theater. It is such a good movie. I agree, but I love, love Slapshot. Yeah, I drag, I dragged my ex-wife uh, to the theaters to see Goon as well. Uh, maybe one of the contributing factors to her being no. my ex. Oh, no, no, don't say that. <laughs> How do you not love Sean William Scott? Come on. Uh, there's just, I, I, there's so many one-liners from Goon, like, I missed half the jokes, okay? The first time I saw it in theater, I missed half the jokes because I was in tears. Of course. From, from the joke a minute and a half ago. So it's like the, 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 the second time I saw it and the third time I saw it, I was like, I was seeing it for the first time still because I was picking up on, on jokes that I didn't catch the first time because I was laughing too hard. Uh, I agree. I think... I, it, it's maybe just a recency basis, maybe, but um, you know, I, I love Slapshot, um, but I, I, I put it number three on my list. One of my favorite lines from Slapshot is when Reg is in Joe's office, and he's asking, and he's asking him. I can't even remember what he's doing. He's like asking him for more money or something like that, and he's like, uh, and. Strother Martin, a legendary actor, played Joe, the general manager, and he holds up a little coin. He goes, you see this quarter, Reg? It used to be a nickel. And Paul Newman's like, what? <laughs> it's such a good movie. I love it. My fa- One of my favorite lines, like you said, from Goon, where you watch it again and you catch all the jokes. When they're in the bar and the captain, whose name escapes me, is drunk as always and turns to the guy beside him and goes, do you know cows only meow when people are around? And then he passes out on the bar. I thought that was so funny, man. 
My favorite line I cannot repeat. <laughs> yeah, we. I it, think I know what it is. We'll leave it out. There, 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 there's a couple Belchor lines uh, oh. or, or some of the lines of the, the two Russian guys, Buck and Belchor, that... Uh, uh, it's yeah. not tasteful. <laughs> it's not for Disney anyway. No, it's not. Oh, anyway, Ryan, uh, I'm going to cut this one a little bit short just for the simple fact that I'm dying here. You know what, buddy? I appreciate it. And we appreciate everybody watching. I uh, hope you enjoyed us talking to David and Sarah Ayers. And again, uh, if you can get uh, behind the causes uh, for for kidney disease, that would be great. Kidney.ca um, and the six degree challenge dot uh, com. That would be awesome. I don't blame you at all, buddy. You are so purple in the face. You struggled through. You, you gritted it out. And I appreciate it. And I hope the Leafs do the same for you tonight, brother. Uh, I appreciate that. Well, thank you to the FHN Network for having us on, as always. Thank you to our producer, Matt. Uh, You're a beauty. Love uh, everything you do for us. Definitely appreciate it. A huge thank you to the uh, Dry County Band for their Hey, Hey, Cheers, our opening credit music. Uh, They've got a new album coming out uh, in the very near future. Make sure you check it out. If you haven't, if you don't know who their music is, who they are, what their music's about, Dry County, you gotta go check them out. These guys are absolutely fantastic. Uh, And on that note, until next week, remember where there's smoke, there's fire. Fire. Have a great week, everybody. This has been an FHN production. Listen to our new shows every week on Thursday on any podcast platform. Also, check out our live shows on Facebook, Instagram. Twitter, or Twitch.